Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Simon Keating has supported independent tech news directly for just about a day. Why not be like Simon? Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, April 22nd, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. We have got an interview about upcycling with Daniel Davis from the Tinkernut channel. Uh, what to do with your old gear that you've got lying around. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. Speaking to The Verge, OnePlus CEO Pete Lau stated the upcoming OnePlus 7 device will also launch with a OnePlus 7 Pro variant. The Pro will include a 5G modem and an uh, upgraded screen, although no specs were given other than it will be, quote, super smooth and very crisp and cost three times the typical phone panel. No pricing for the Pro model was announced either. Huawei says revenue rose 39% on the air in Q1 with an overall net profit margin of 8%. Huawei's network business saw its first drop in revenue in two years in 2018, but the company says it now has more than 40 signed commercial 5G contracts and has shipped more than 70,000 5G base stations around the world. Huawei also shipped 59 million smartphones in the quarter, and while no numbers were given for the same time last year, analysts estimated 39.3 million phones in Q1 2018, so smartphones probably on the rise. Company chairman Guo Ping stated he expects the consumer, carrier, and enterprise business groups to all post double digit growth for the year quite optimistic the login screen for samsung accounts in the galaxy wearables app for phones is down or was at the time of recording anyway stopping samsung smartwatch owners from backing up or restoring or downloading apps kind of annoying the problem only affects non-samsung devices though and samsung is looking into the problem because if you have samsung you're already in your samsung account so I guess it's easier to get it all connected. Uh, Speaking of Samsung, Samsung said Monday it's going to delay the public launch of the Samsung Galaxy Fold. What a surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been talking about how several reviewers reported problems with the Fold. Samsung will delay in order, quote, to fully evaluate this feedback and run further internal tests. 
A new release date will be announced in the coming weeks. And a spokesperson for Samsung told Reuters, initial findings from the inspection of reported issues on the display, that would be like what The Verge and CNBC were telling them, showed that they could be associated with impact on the top and bottom exposed areas of the hinge. There was also an instance where substances found inside the device affected the display performance. So if I had to guess, they're probably saying the CNBC one with the flickering had to do with a drop and the Verge one where it was just a weird bulge in the middle probably had to do with stuff getting inside the device somehow. Samsung also postponed Galaxy Fold media events in Shanghai and Hong Kong that were supposed to happen this week. And the uh, U.S. launch was supposed to happen at the end of this week on April 26th. Well, we're not going to get that now. Yeah, not surprising, um, especially because the launch, the big splashy launch was supposed to happen at the end of this week. After the very critical media coverage, I I, I, I can't imagine th- that Samsung had any other choice than to just say, hey, let's hit pause and, you know, figure this out. Because if there are issues with it, then you're going to have issues with people buying it and people are going to be upset and you know it's going to it's going to be disastrous for the company. Yeah, I mean let, let's let's settle down for a moment, pull back everyone out there uh and and think about this. If the only problem were the issues where folks were pulling the screen protector off, Samsung fixes that easily. They're like, "You know what? We're we're going to give better wording on this." or any wording at all on this to consumers when they buy this. I think they could have weathered that storm pretty easily. But the drop with the flickering and the bulge in the middle, uh, I think they got both of those back from CNBC and The Verge, looked at them and said, we cannot immediately tell why this happened. And until we can say why it happened and possibly fix it, we should hold off on selling these. I don't think it means they're going to pull the product line. I think no. it means they just they need more time to figure out like how did stuff get in there on this hinge. Well, I mean, we have been talking for 6 months ad nauseum about like how will foldable devices work and what are they going to, you know, how are they going to make our lives better and what are the first device is going to be and what's going to be the big breakout device. All of those questions have yet to be answered. The fact that this device uh, was uh, problematic for a variety of reasons is just not surprising. I mean, sure, you you know you expect something to be perfect out of the gate, but again, we we're we're blazing new trails as far as a form factor. Yeah, and not, not you know, no. yeah, it really isn't. Sanyam Jain, a security researcher and a member of the GDI Foundation, informed TechCrunch that an Android app called Wi-Fi Finder from a developer called Profusion has exposed the passwords for more than 2 million networks. The app let users upload Wi-Fi passwords to a database to use themselves or share with others. The database was not properly protected, meaning that anybody could access and download all of its contents. Yikes. TechCrunch spent two weeks trying to contact the Chinese developer and eventually did contact the host of the database, DigitalOcean, the name of the, the host, which has since taken it down. The database contained SSID, geolocation, and password information. Yeah, uh, this is this is just not good. I mean, first of all, I don't like this app because it allows people that I give my password to on my Wi-Fi network to share it with others without getting my permission first, which means yeah, well, I don't like know, maybe new. I shouldn't share my Wi-Fi password with anybody. But yeah, it's, sure. it's yeah. just not, not a good thing and a, and a worse breach. 
Sony has launched its ride hailing service in partnership with five licensed taxi companies in Tokyo called S Ride. It probably stands for Sony. Sony Ride. S Ride. Get it? Sony claims it can match supply and demand well, supports QR scans and cashless credit cards for payments, and it will enter a market where Japan Taxi already operates uh, with the taxi industry in partnership with Toyota. So it's Sony going up against Toyota here. Uh, Line, Didi Shushing, and Uber are also working on their own taxi partnerships. It is against the law to use civilian cars for taxi service in Japan. So if you want to do ride hailing in Japan, you have to work in partnership with a taxi company of some sort, at least. And that is something that I didn't realize until the story. I, I did not realize that as a civilian who has a car um, in the country of Japan, you can't just be like, all right, I, you know, I'll, I'll ride for Uber or Lyft or, or, or any of the, you know, or, or S ride or, or any of the other options available in the country. It's interesting how, uh, depending on where you are, uh, the uh, companies have to uh, make make arrangements. Make adaptations, yeah. Yeah, uh, adaptations. Yeah, that's a good way to put and it. And I'm very excited about this. It, it's First of all, for two reasons. One, uh, when I went to Tokyo, it was sort of annoying not to be able to get an Uber, right? Uh, it wasn't perfectly annoying because Tokyo has a really good taxi service. Uh, you can kind of get them anywhere. But mm. I, the nice thing about an app was I could put in the address and not have to write it down or try to get a translation or whatever. Uh, and, and so that will be nice to be able to do with something like S ride or, or Japan taxi or, or whatever. I'm glad these sort of services have started to take off there. Absolutely. Uh, the last time that I was in Japan was, well, the only time was in 20, uh, 2010. So there was no Uber. Um, and I did a lot of, at least in Tokyo and Osaka and, and some of the major metropolitan areas, a lot of subway travel, which is oh, sure. great. Yeah. Which is great. And that still exists and is perfectly fine. But you can kind of say the same thing about New York City. There's a, di- or, or Paris or London or, you know, any major city. There's a difference between being above ground and being kind of, especially as a tourist, being able to kind of see stuff and, you know, being underground and, and navigating things the way that uh, a, a local person would. So it's, uh, you know, it's cool that we've got more options here. Yeah. And, and again, it's not like they didn't have taxis before. Uh, and they were, sure. like I said, pretty prevalent, but this just makes it a little more convenient. And I, I, I said there were two things. The second thing is I'm interested in the sort of controlled experiment we have going on now where we know what it's like without ride hailing apps. We know what it's like with ride hailing apps. What is it like with ride hailing apps that can only be used with taxis? Uh, yeah. I think that'll be interesting to see how this works out. Also interesting, Zillow announced 3D Home, an iOS app to capture and share 3D tours of properties for sale. We're talking about home properties. The capture app works with the iPhone camera or compatible 360-degree camera, like a Ricoh Theta Z1, for example, uses motion detection to guide users when to take pictures and, you know, how to move around and all that stuff. Computer vision models adjust exposure levels and then stitch together multiple rooms into an entire home tour. The whole thing is supposed to take about 20 minutes if you're doing it. Zillow users can also edit the final product, share privately, or add to a public home listing. And the service has been in pilot for about over a year, now rolling out to the U.S. and Canada publicly. I'm going to steal your line from when we were uh, talking in the pre-show, prepping for this. You used to get either a video walkthrough 
or some like 360 pictures of each room. Right. 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 Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. I love that this, this expands on that and says, you know what, let's use some machine learning to give you a really nice walkthrough that you can go through it at your own pace uh, and have that 360 degree view in a way that looks better than the huge fisheye lens that makes the bathroom looks like, you know, it's 3000 feet long from one direction. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, Again, I'm a renter. I've never owned anything, but I do troll Zillow very often, you know, because I like to, you know, think about like, if I was rich, what would I buy? And this sort of thing, um, if I was really seriously in the market, is super helpful. Um, as you mentioned, Tom, there, you know, there was a trend that happened with, uh, you know, a lot of folks that were like, I don't know, I, you know, property managers on Craigslist a few years ago where it was like somebody would just be like with an iPhone kind of walking through and being like, and here's the kitchen and here's the oh, and look at this nice, uh, uh, beautiful, light filled living room and all that stuff. And it's like, that's actually really helpful. It's better than, you know, these sort of like staged photos where you don't always get a sense of where you are and how big things are and that sort of thing. But it was it was you know, it left a little to be desired. So this is this is the next logical step. Yeah, and it takes some buzzwords, AI, 360-degree video, and uses them in the way that is sensible and practical based on what they can actually do right now. I mean, this is pretty dead simple. I'm not saying that somebody couldn't screw it up, but it tells you, like, okay, take your picture now. We've, we've mapped the 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 room we see you trying to get take your picture now that'll help us stitch this together and then the machine learning is good enough to know how to stitch it together i'm sure there'll be quirks and weird things on some of these uh here and there but but overall this seems like a really sensible use of technology to make something better so we don't get enough of those yeah totally and the technology is existed. I mean, similar technology has existed for anybody who works in interior design or needing to figure out like the dimensions of a room. But for the most part, the, you know, the end user is like, well, if I don't work in that, you know, arena, then I don't use these tools. This is actually something that's going to benefit a lot of other people. Sirius XM has launched a streaming only service with two tiers. In other words, you don't need the radio in your car. You can just get it on your phone. Sirius XM Essential and Sirius XM Premier. Essential is available now at $8 a month, provides access to 200 plus stations, including all the music, comedy, and news offerings. Premier will add in two Howard Stern channels as well as the sports channels, NBA, NHL, NCAA. That one will cost $13 a month starting in mid-May. The services can be played on your smartphones. They can also be played on smart speakers, game consoles, and streaming video devices. This, compared to the in-car plans, that cost $16 to $30, but... Then all of these plans can be obtained for special limited discounts. So you may say, well, wait a minute, I saw it cheaper than $16. Well, even this new streaming only plan is available at a discount for a dollar for three months. SiriusXM famously does the, the cable thing where they make it kind of impossible to tell how much it's really going to cost you after the trial period is over. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, this is nice if you're like, hey, I don't have a SiriusXM radio in my car, but those channels sound interesting. Those radio stations that Sarah's talking about sometimes sound interesting to me. Well, now you. You could get it on your phone and even use your phone in your car and have Sirius XM in your car. Yeah, I'm I'm not a Howard Stern listener, but there are the Howard Stern faithfuls out there and I you know who you are. But I do love Sirius XM radio. I do. 
Um, I, I, I don't listen to all the channels. There, you know, there are like 470s channels, meaning <laughs> 1970s that I just like have never listened to. But, but um, it is, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Hip hop nation. Shout out to you, but, but the, but, but I also, and we've talked about this on a previous episode, you know, where I, you know, I talked about it like, yeah, in my car, in my car. And you're like, well, but you can listen to it outside of your car. And that's very true. And I think that that, that's a, that's a big push that Sirius is obviously going for is, okay, well, you know, maybe you don't have a car or you don't drive or you don't care about, you know, the car situation, but we want to offer a lot of convenient options for people who are just used to subscribing to podcasts and listening to, you know, Spotify and that sort of thing. So, so these, the, the number breakdowns, uh, you know, I'm, they, they seem, I don't know, pretty fair to me. Yeah. I, I, I think I've made some snarky comments about Sirius XM radio. How long can satellite radio last? This is how it lasts. It stops being satellite radio. Uh, and it realizes aftermarket gear or even buying a car with a radio built in is really not going to be sustainable. People aren't going to want to do it because they have music on their phone and that's how they want to listen to it. So Sirius XM buying Pandora, first of all, and now providing a streaming only option for their radio service, I think is super smart. Uh, that that's the way they they have a transition plan. So as that satellite radio business slowly starts to fade out over the next several years, uh, they can still have a chance of picking up new subscribers and say, "Hey, but you you love our thousand seventies stations? Come on!" So I don't. <laughs> and just like cable, just like cable, it's like, "Hey, you can get so many things for eight dollars, but if you want sports, <laughs> it'll yeah, be really thirteen. Is. You know, <laughs> it's like it's all the same." Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Now, I know a lot of folks have old tech lying around, uh, but it doesn't need to just sit there lying around, especially if you know about something called upcycling. And here to help us understand that and share some tips about what to do with your old tech is IT professional YouTuber and new author, Daniel Davis. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tom, for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. No, thanks for uh, talking with us. Can you explain what upcycling is? So basically, upcycling is uh, uh, derived from recycling, which most people are aware of. And recycling is the process of uh, turning waste into something usable again. Like whenever you put your bottle in the plastic bottle in the recycling bin, it then gets uh, shipped off where it's then turned into other plastic uh, uh, containers. Um, So upcycling uh, is something similar to that, but you're taking um, an old item and just turning it into something with better quality. Um, So that's that's kind of the main difference. Um, So something like turning old wine bottles into a chandelier or something like that. So in my case, um, technological upcycling is where you take old tech that you have lying around your house and making something newer or better out of it so you're you're really reusing something but also giving it an upgrade because you're you're making it better exactly yeah now this sounds like fun when you're talking about technology do you do it just for fun or are there other benefits to it um i do it just for fun uh and there are other benefits to it but it's all kind of under the guise of having fun (laughs) and that's that's what makes it really appealing um because uh, one of the biggest benefits, obviously, is the recycling aspect, uh, keeping the technology out of landfills. Mm-hmm. 
um, which uh, when I was uh, looking up stuff for my book, I found out that only 12.5% of all e-waste is recycled. That means that more than 87% is sent to landfills, which is is pretty staggering. So uh, that that's definitely one of the key benefits of uh, of upcycling old technology. And then aside from uh, the green aspect of it, um, there's also uh, a learning aspect to it um, because it gives you an excuse to create things using a skill set that you'd probably uh, never otherwise uh, get to use or have an excuse to use. Um, like, for instance, if you wanted to upcycle a skateboard into a table, then uh, that could probably be your first four-way, foray into woodworking or something like that. Um, or if you wanted to uh, upcycle like a, an old Furby doll from the <laughs> technology side of things into like an Amazon Echo puppet, which I've done. Nice. Um, then, uh, then that would be a good foray into learning about motors and electronics um, without, you know, uh, having the pressure of trying to learn it in like a classroom environment. You can, you can do it uh, under the guise of fun. Upcycling dates back into the 90s. I know uh, that it has a long history behind it. A lot of it is the sort of things like making a skateboard, a table, that sort of stuff. How did yeah. you get into the tech stuff and start making Furbies into Echo Puppets? Uh, well, I would say that it's, it was primarily for nostalgia purposes. Um, because, uh, I, I think most people have a soft spot for the things that they grew up with. Um, and for me, it was Furbies, Teddy Ruxpin, <laughs> Nintendo, <laughs> things like that. So those were amongst some of my first recycling projects. Um, like I, I, took an old lunchbox for instance and turned it into a nintendo emulator and uh and then we already mentioned the uh the furby and amazon echo thing so that was that was a lot of fun and aside from like uh, uh my childhood um i've also appreciated the craftsmanship and artistry of vintage technology in general so like those old cathedral style radios um art deco jukeboxes um, you know, like the, those old timey music boxes mm -hmm. um, and, and cuckoo clocks. You know, it's that I, I just find those things really fascinating and really cool. So I, I've uh, I've been enjoying being able to you know breathe life into that bygone era and giving uh, giving it kind of a, a continuance for a new generation. Do you have a favorite? Uh, of these, and I know you've done a lot of them, so it's it probably asking <laughs> you to pick a child. But like, if is there one example uh, that that you like to to point to and say like, yeah, I'm proud of that, or it's something you use all the time? Um. So yeah, there is there is one that I use all the time, and uh, it's uh, I, I took uh, an old uh, film camera and put new electronics into it to make it a. a, a uh, a Twitter posting digital camera. So it was an old twin reflex camera. Um, and, uh, and I was able to put uh, a little raspberry Pi zero into it with, uh, with the camera on it. Um, and, uh, I was able to reuse some of the old buttons so that you, so that from the outside, it looks just like a regular camera. Mm -hmm. So it's great to take to, to different, uh, events and shows and and it act and I made it a couple of years ago and it's one of the few projects I have that still works. <laughs> it's still running. It doesn't need maintenance. Yeah, right? still yeah, running. Cool. Yep. <laughs> What's the most so, yeah, surprising that, example great. of upcycling you've either done yourself or or one you've seen other people do? So um, I, I 
I really like uh, some of the videos that I see on YouTube uh, where people take like old floppy drives and use them to make music, like playing the mm. Star Wars Imperial March. I think that's really cool. That was cool. a really good one. And, I saw that one too. Oh, you saw that one too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, some of the other ones that I, I've come across are like uh, taking old cell phones and reusing the parts out of those because everybody has old cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen people use like the GPS functionality out of them. And the texting functionality out out of them and reusing them for different projects. Um, one of my favorite ones is um, reusing old CNC, or I'm sorry, reusing old uh, CD or optical uh, drive trays and turning them into uh, a CNC machine. So they use the the stepper motors out of uh, CD-ROM drives and uh, they turn them into like laser engravers or drawing machines. And that actually inspired me to make like a really cheap 3D printer using uh, uh, CD-ROM drives. So you used the parts out of old CD-ROM drives and created the printing mechanism? Well, the printing mechanism was actually a uh, um, one of those 3D printing pins that you can get on Amazon, okay. like uh-huh. the 3D Doodler. Yeah, yeah. And then I just mounted that to, uh, to the, the, uh, the drive motors and uh, and it was able to uh, print really basic uh, uh, 3D designs. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm sure already we've got people in the audience who want to jump in and do this sort of thing themselves. How, how do people join in on the fun? Well, the the easiest way to start is uh, just with your junk drawer. <laughs> yeah. And just uh, just you know looking in uh, your junk drawer or closet to see if there's stuff that you want to reuse if it weren't outdated um, and and just uh, keep an eye out for technology that inspires you like the the vintage technology I, I shop around goodwills constantly and and my eye catches stuff that that I, I just think wow this would be really cool if it weren't so outdated, like if I could breathe new life into it, this would look really cool, like in my living room or on a shelf or, or something like that. And, uh, and also probably one of the biggest things that has, uh, changed my life in the upcycling realm of things is, uh, raspberry Pis and Arduinos. Mm-hmm. Those are fantastic tools for beginners to learn how to control electronics and they are phenomenal for resurrecting old technology, um, like uh, making radios and uh, and uh, arcade machines and all sorts of stuff out of them. So your your thrift stores, your drunk drawers, uh, get yourself a Raspberry Pi, get yourself an Arduino, and then I know you've got a YouTube channel and a book that kind of give people some ideas for projects they might want to jump into. Yeah, yeah. My YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com slash tinkernut. I've got... Uh, uh, you know, a hundred plus videos. Uh, some of them, uh, most of them are upcycling. Some of them are just general tech videos. And, uh, and my new book is called upcycled technology available on Amazon. And, uh, and it has, uh, some of my most popular projects just kind of laid out in step form in that book. Yeah. So go check that out. Uh, just search for upcycled technology, clever projects you can do with your discarded tech by Daniel Davis. Thank you so much for joining us, Daniel. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity.
And thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you hang out on Facebook, we've got a group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. All right, let's check in with Chris Christensen back with a handy ride-hailing tip for your next Vegas trip. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I, too, will be in Las Vegas this week on a press trip, and I'm staying at the Treasure Island, and I noticed that they were recommending that the best way to figure out how much it would cost to get from the airport is the Ride Guru app. And so I wanted to bring that up. Ride Guru lets you compare the different ride-hailing services and estimated cost versus taxi versus other options. It isn't the final word on how much it will cost to get someplace because it does leave out some things like local buses or in this case also airport shuttles which come out to cheaper. But it is a good place to start. That's Ride Guru. And this is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Oh, very, very handy. Thank you, Chris. I'll be actually heading to Vegas for the morning stream. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Uh, Viva TMS Vegas this weekend. Maybe I'll try that out. Let's check out the mailbag, Sarah. Let's do it. Brian said uh, he wanted to weigh in on our smart speaker discussion uh, that was recently, and he has kind of an interesting one, interesting experience. Brian says, I have an Echo Dot, and I mainly use it to listen to music via a connected Bluetooth speaker while cooking. After a few false activations, I wasn't actually saying the wake word, but the speaker was waking up and listening. My wife said it creeped her out. So I brought, uh, I bought a remote-controlled outlet, and I just leave the Echo Dot off most of the time until I want to use it for a specific person, purpose. Then I use the wireless remote to turn on the outlet it's plugged into, and then off again when it's done. 
Ah, very, very clever workaround. Uh, it is, yeah. You know, what I would do is I would take that smart uh, plug and then I would uh, add that to a voice speaker so that I could... T- Wait, no, I guess that wouldn't work. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, that's what Brian wants to avoid. Inception. Or Brian's wife, anyway. Uh, once again, thank you to Daniel Davis uh, for joining us today to talk about upcycling. Don't forget uh, to check out his work at tinkernut.com. And uh, thanks to everybody in the audience who is becoming a member of patreon.com slash DTNS or staying a member. Uh, we are getting closer to having that one more patron than last month uh, where you get all kinds of, of cool stuff in, in your life uh, is patreon.com slash DTNS. So go check it out. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com and keep that feedback coming. We'd love to hear from you. We're also live. If you can join us live, we're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more and tell a friend at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.